Hello, I'm Brett Marshall. And I'm Zeke Boyat. And I'm Justin Bakke. And this is Sound the Foghorn. Hello, and welcome in to Sound the Foghorn podcast. Prospect Palooza today on the show. Uh, We've got some fantastic guests, some familiar faces that you may recognize from the Wild podcast community, and we will introduce them in just a minute. But first, I want to check in with my two favorite co-hosts in the world, Zeke and Justin. Justin, we'll kick it to you. How's life going with the new baby and everything? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Still pretty sleepless, but can't complain. Everyone's healthy still, and you know, just about to have a three-day weekend, so makes it even better. Zeke, what about you, man? Uh, mostly good. Uh, pretty busy right now. Almost done with the first semester of college, but a uh, couple of weeks I'll have about a month off, so that's nice. Power that's, through. That's always nice. Yeah, I'm on uh, session two of quarantine on the last like month and a half. So I originally thought I had COVID about uh, three and a half weeks ago, I think. And then like day 13 of when I thought I had it, I finally was able to get in to get a test and it came back negative, but I'm still pretty sure that I had it. It's got in too late, but now my dad has it. So I'm quarantining again uh, for two more weeks because my dad has it. So just chilling at home. Happy to talk some hockey. Uh, we got two special guests with us tonight uh, from the soda pod. We have Isha and Hoppy with us. Gentlemen, how you doing this evening? Uh, Isha, let's go to you first. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great, man. What a, what a nice way to cap off a busy day of work. So I'm happy to be here, boys. And Hoppy, how you doing, man? Oh, we're doing great, man. Thanks for having us. Uh, we're excited to have you guys on. Of course, I believe uh, Zeke and I jumped on your show a while back, yes? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Brett, I think... Brett's been on a, a couple yeah, times. I've been on a handful of times. Yeah, Zeke, Zeke came on in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin's yet to come on, but we've connected. I need to. Here. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. we will. You know, you know, funny thing, though, Isha, like when I started listening to you and you'd like do all the shout outs when you were just talking to yourself doing podcasts. You always would talk people, about Justin way. Bake, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, dude, that's not how you fucking say it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Can I can I do that, or did you have to bleep that out? No, you're good. It's it's good. Totally, totally. Uh, we we uh, mark them all as explicit, but there's maybe like one or two swear words. But okay. Well, but anyways, right away, I'm like, that is not center, how you say that, that name. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> it's, uh, well, as everyone knows who listens to the Soda Pod, um, and it's ironic since you know my name is a name that everyone messes up too. I am not good at names, so there you go. <laughs> it's Baki for future reference, but it really doesn't matter because I've been called everything under the sun, so. I'll no, make I've, sure. had, I've had my name pronounced wrong before, and mine is about as easy what? to get. So, yeah, twice in the same game of youth hockey tournament. So. <laughs> hmm. Don't ask me. And I've gotten Brent my fair share of times, too. <laughs> oh, my God. We have a quick story on that, too, actually. Poppy's yeah, autocorrect this week. He was like, so have you gotten in touch with Brent yet? And I thought he meant, like, Bent Paddle. So I was like, Bent Paddle? And he's like, well, them, too, but Brent. And I was like the fuck and i thought i have a lot going on right now um with the hockey podcast network and with the soda pod and some other things uh some business stuff going on you know the, the daily work grind and i was i was like thought i thought i was losing it boys i was like what is going on who's brent and he's like no no brett and i was like oh, okay i got you got you so so there you go it happens uh it happens quite often i see yeah so for those of our listeners that are not familiar uh isha and hoppy uh are the hosts of the soda pod which is a really unique podcast under the hockey podcast network which was started by isha and a friend of his so isha let's kick it over to you first tell us a little bit about uh first just how the hockey pod 
came to be and then eventually how you ended up on the soda pot and kind of became the the Vancouver Island boy uh, that became a wild fan. Thank you. That is music to my ears. Vancouver Island, baby represent. Um, so it, it started out actually just, uh, and I'll give the quick version where my, my business partner, Dylan Kayser and I, uh, in his final year of college, and I was in like my third year or fourth year at the time, uh, we, we talked hockey all the time. That, that's, that's what we did, whether we were like camping, playing sports, hanging out, playing video games, Dylan and I just talking hockey nonstop. And we're van- you know, born on the West coast of, you know, British Columbia, Canada, we were Vancouver Canucks guys, but Unlike some of the dominant, crazy Vancouver Canucks fans that you can surely hear on Twitter, we were more just the sport of hockey fans and sports fans at large. And so we thought, hell, everyone, podcasts aren't huge yet. And maybe someone will want to listen to some of the things that we talked to because on local radio and stuff, all the topics that we ended up talking about, we just listened to, you know, all, all the star hosts talk about anyways. We're like, maybe there's a market for people to hear us. And, you know, we thought we were funny. So we, we thought maybe we could bring our humor to it. We did a podcast and eventually got picked up on local radio. So we had like a podcast brand, more of like the comedy side and more of a radio brand, you know, covering Vancouver Island sports and really trying to pump up like the junior B and junior A leagues out here, as well as the Vancouver Canucks and other broader uh, world hockey topics. We, in like the two years that we did stick and rink radio and the podcast, you know, Vancouver pod, Vancouver based podcasts and Canucks based podcasts in particular just kept popping up left, right, and center. And Dylan and I quickly realized that the market was saturated. No, we were like, we're making a little bit of money doing this on the side and whatnot, working in radio and selling some local sponsorships, but we couldn't monetize it in a way where we didn't want to go back to our day jobs. We wanted to do that full time. And we figured, okay, in a saturated Vancouver Canucks Canada market where it's just rabid here because this sport is like the NFL down there for you guys. Um, we figured, okay, well, let's, let's times this, let's, let's times this, you know, by, by, by 30, let, let's, or 31, let's actually do a, let's, let's produce and create a network that in our mind, we can, you know, you know, get, you know, 31 times the content numbers, downloads, and maybe we can actually sell this thing and, and make a little money on the side. And if not work on it full time. So that's exactly what we did. We, uh, we launched hockey podcast network in October of 2019 with a full roster of unique hosts who, you know, talent range from college kids and broadcasting programs to people actually working in the industry, you know, Fox sports, uh, radio, ESPN, TSN up here in Sportsnet, And, uh, we had success also, you know, evolving and bringing in, you know, original content, you know, we're the exclusive producers and publishers of Terry Ryan's podcast tales with TR, uh, the fourth line voice, Darren's the OG fight podcast, his lifestyle podcast, you name it, European hockey. And we're continuing to grow. Actually, we just acquired one two minutes before I jumped on here. So, um, maybe, maybe, I'll tease it a little bit. If you check us out at HockeyPodNet, we'll make an announcement very, very soon. But anyways, we're growing. Uh, we partnered with some some great sports uh, uh, entertainment and uh, business juggernauts in the United States to help uh, you know take our vision and take this product to the next level. So yeah, we're really excited about that. Yeah. Well, pretty cool story. Just sounds like just ambition and drive really got you guys to where you are. So congratulations on all the success. Uh, Hoppy, we'll kick it to you now. How did you become involved with the Soda Pod? Because the early days, I remember just like all of a sudden this like Isha Jerome guy just kept like popping up like in my mentions, like liking all my wild stuff. Like, oh, I'll check out this guy's podcast. What the heck? And just kind of Isha. Trying to punch followers. Yeah. Which, which, hey, it worked because here you are. So, uh, you know, it's a great way to do it. Just that, that's what I recommend to people. Like, hey, just find the people that are t- like what you're talking about and go interact with them and they'll if you can provide value, they'll come to your show. So happy. I think you jumped in somewhere like what episode 70 ish. 
or whatever. I think it was 64. I can remember it because it's the greatest gaming console ever, and <laughs> I'm also just not a big fan of Mikhail Granlund in general. So, like, 64, I'll remember that. All right. And then, so how, yeah, how did that I didn't happen? even remember take, that. T- take us through how you got involved I, with the show. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head, man, with everything you said. Like, just like Isha kind of burst into the Minnesota market. I just started blowing him up. I listened to every podcast. I'd give him my notes on what I thought he said was smart, things that I thought that he should have maybe not said. And, like, he started reading them off on the show, and the only reason that he did is because he liked my name. So, eventually he – I like this take, too. (laughs) Eventually he didn't have a guest. Like, someone backed out on him, so he just, like, put out the bat signal. He was like, hey, whoever wants to come on and talk, I guess you can come on. And it was me and one other guy. And then, like, all of a sudden he, like, messaged me after. He's like, oh, you actually kind of know what you're talking about. Do you, you want to come back on again? And then I'm like, yeah, sure. And then like in his post, he's like, and new co-host of the soda pod. I'm, like, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> sure. And we've never looked back. Nope. Yeah, and, it, and it's been a really cool relationship. I think you guys work off each other really well. The, the, the playful insults and stuff we through each other makes it makes a lot of fun. And the stuff you're doing with, with the craft beer and malt madness has been really fun too. Give us a quick update on that, and then we'll get into uh, get into the prospect stuff. It's been nuts. I know uh, Brett's been pretty vocal on uh, <laughs> go barrel on theory, baby. On uh, on some of the matchups, but uh, you know this has been Hoppy's baby. So I'll actually hand it over to you to kind of explain what what's going on here and, and how how the matchups have been playing out. Yeah, and just again for anyone that maybe stumbled across the bracket from Brett sharing. Um, it's really been something where like we reached out to a bunch of breweries and we, we kind of did it last minute cause we decided, Hey, it'd be cool to tie this in with our hundredth episode. And that was like just over time. a week before. Yeah. So I went nuts, DM'd everyone that had DMs open, emailed everyone I could. Some only had contact us forms and everyone that got back and said that they would participate and share the polls. They're in. And so anyone that, that didn't enough, reply, by the way. isn't in. <laughs> can't stress that enough, by the way. <laughs> Oh, it's not the last we've heard. Like, why is it? Why aren't they? Why aren't they in? Like, look, if if they wanted yeah, what, to be in, they'd be in. What, what what was the hashtag? Fake bracket. Yeah. Oh, yes, that guy was awesome. <laughs> oh man. But uh, no, it's been really fun uh, putting it all together and actually like getting contacts now with some of these breweries. Like, it's it's been a pretty cool experience. And now we're down to the wire. We've got two breweries that most people that are at all entangled in the beer scene know: Barrel Theory versus Modest. It's hard for me to lean to either because they've both come on our show. Yeah, I'll maybe give this slight edge to Modest because they gave me a big old care package before they came on. So I, I guess I lean them. But uh, like the other one is interesting. We got a Bent Paddle, which, uh, Justin, I know you probably have plenty to say about them. But, I mean, big name in Minnesota beer. We talk all the time about how Duluth is just an underrated oasis for craft beer. Um, but it's them against Invictus who, God, they, they might be my favorite people now. They have been so into this. They, they have been sharing every day. Them. They've been getting their friends, their family, their second cousins. Everyone's retweeting it for them. And here they are in the fermented four. The fermented four. As That's voted awesome. by, by you. As voted. <laughs> Isha wanted fizzy. The people spoke. I did. I, well, honestly, Hoppy, what were the, what were the other ones? Uh, we went with fermented, fizzy, and frosted, but there were a couple other ones that we could have thrown in, but those were kind of the ones that we led with, and there were some so- funny ones thrown in. Isha, Isha <laughs> didn't get the joke, which oh. was just glorious. Oh. Someone posted, like, 
how is how is Blackstack not still here for? And he's like, because they lost in their pool. And the guy's like, no, no, that's what I want you to call the final four. And Isha like lost it. Yeah, it was a long day. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want more updates on Malt Madness, uh, they've got, and with some of the breweries involved there, go check out the Soda Pod. They have awesome guests always in the hoppy hour, always talking about craft brews and other things. Uh, Alexis Pearson, I believe, is on your most recent one talking about the NWHL and the status kind of their season. So lots of great stuff over there. Make sure you check them out right after this show if you haven't already. But uh, as most of you know, we do like to talk prospects. That's kind of our niche. Uh, the Soda Pod has their, has their Vancouver Island uh, niche and their craft brew niche, and we're going to take it over to the prospects. So uh, let's start first by talking about um, – Let's talk about Marco Rossi because we love Marco Rossi on this show. Uh, we just found out, I believe, yesterday, Michael Russo, right on cue uh, for the podcast, let us know that Marco Rossi will be participating uh, in, the, uh, in the World Juniors. So let's go to my host first. Uh, Zeke, we'll go to you first. You've been busy lately, but uh, talk a little bit about uh, Marco Rossi and, and the decision to let him play uh, in, in the World Juniors and if you think it's a good decision, bad decision, or, or where you're at on that. Yeah, well, I think it's a good decision. I mean, like uh, Bill Guerin said in his in the Russo's article that, you know, uh, I think he's probably pretty clearly the best team on the Austrian team. And I think that's probably, even though it's no fans in Edmonton, I think it's probably a pretty big deal for him to play on that team and to contribute. So I think it's probably the good decision and uh, the good on the wild for letting him go. Uh, but, you know, although my only concern is if he's not there, he doesn't play in the NHL this season. Like I know you don't also don't want to rush an 18 year old kid or 19 or whatever, but when you look at the wild center depth chart, I also get scared that there's no one who's skilled. So, but I think it's a good decision. Justin, are you in the same boat or any, any disagreements? No, no disagreements. I think it's good that Garen's kind of just pulling them from Zurich and letting them, you know, represent mm-hmm. his country at the juniors and get to play, you know, against some of the best competitions in the world. And, you know, it's, just another player we get to watch and, you know, wild fans should be excited about that. So, you know, and then of course he'll get a chance to, uh, you know, play in our camp, uh, go through camp once, once uh, the tournament's over. Yeah. It's, I think it's just really exciting. I mean, Rossi, hopefully one of many wild prospects we'll get to watch. It seems like Boldy should be kind of a lock for the U S team. And then we've got a slew of Canadians that we'll get to here in a minute that are are vying for spot in team Canada, uh, including one out West. uh, Maybe that he should give us some more uh, insight on, but, uh, the other thing I'm really like Marco Rossi just seems like he, he, he doesn't care where he goes. The wild don't care where he goes. They just want him to play, play at the highest level. I think it's really exciting for him. When you talk about a country like Austria who doesn't have a history of, of a lot of, you know, high end talent. So I think Rossi being able to chance to kind of probably lead that team, possibly even captain it, I would maybe guess, um, given his skill and his talent, um, be really exciting to see him. Guys, what are your thoughts on Marco Rossi? I mean, obviously, I was on the podcast and we drafted him. We talked a little bit there, but uh, Hoppy, we'll go to you first. Your thoughts on uh, Marco Rossi? It was yelling, by the way, not talking. I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take it away, Hoppy. Oh, me? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, honestly, I, you took the words out of my mouth again, Brett. Like, I think it's exciting that he is going to be able to go in and like be the guy for the team and see what he can do because like, obviously no one's – really giving any consideration to Austria. Like, mm. let's be real. They're probably going to get mopped. But if he can go in and at least do something to help poise them to compete, shit, maybe even you know win a couple rounds. Like, they're not going to win a gold medal, but it'll be cool to see him be able to take that leadership role, be the guy. And uh, I don't know. It, it, I'm just excited about him coming in general. Have you seen those thighs? <laughs> Dumb thick. Thick thighs. <laughs> 
No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super, I think, Hey, this is the right decision. Obviously. I think this is a, a consensus, you know, a, agreement here on the podcast in that this is good for his development too. Um, because it, it's funny with Canadian prospects, they're going to a team that's just absolutely loaded. Like Quinn and Byfield, people were so critical of him last year, but realistically, like he didn't have to really, he wasn't expected to do much on this team. Right. And Canada still won the gold medal. Um, so this guy on the, on the flip side, he's going to have the opportunity to carry an entire team to be like the man on this team or the young man rather. And Austria, I think talent wise is, you know, better than those teams like Kazakhstan, who's, who's, you know, made their way into the world juniors recently and stuff like that. So maybe under his leadership, like Hoppy suggested, they can compete actually to, to win a game here, here or there, at least, you know, not get blown out like the Kazakhstans mm -hmm. did uh, in Victoria, even though Victoria did support them and sold out their merch. <laughs> Our Canadians are way too nice. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited to see this kid. And like you guys said, when the NHL training camp starts, the world junior championship will be over and this guy will get a fair shot at, uh, at training camp with the wild. And I'm really excited to see how he fares there. Yeah. So let's operate under the assumption that, Marco Rossi, after the World Juniors, does get a chance to come in and, and play for the Wild. This was kind of a survey question Russo did too, but I want to get everyone's thoughts here. What are kind of your expectations of Rossi coming in? Do, do you see him coming in with some growing pains? Do you think he's at a, at a point in his talent where he'll come in and maybe a couple rough start, but then kind of find a groove? Do you think he can step in and be a number one center? Do you think he needs to be sheltered at first? What are your guys' expectation if, he, if and hopefully when he does uh, play for the Wild? Uh, we'll go to our guests first. Uh, Isha, we'll go back to you, Queer. Look, I honestly think if he uh, if he's paired, look if he gets the right matchups, like you know, and, and and the coach is on that all all season, and he's paired with the right guys, I think there's a chance that like this kid could put up points. Yeah, he's gonna have growing pains when mm -hmm. he takes that next level and has to help carry a line with the elite talent. Um, but I think he has a fair shot of getting on this team. He, the, the talent's clearly there. Um, I'm curious to see how he fares at the World Junior. I know, he, I know he's doing okay in Zurich. He only played one professional game, but he got an assist in that game. And from what I've read, and I'm sure everyone in the Minnesota Wild Market and you guys have read, like he's on track to do great things. Um, I, I think that may, I, I honestly think he could put up more points than like a Jack Hughes did this, this last year for the New Jersey Devils. But I think once he takes that next step and he's expected to do a little bit more carry the line get the harder matchups we're going to see the growing pain so maybe i see more of him having like a sophomore slump and i say that you know in quotations because it's his you know his career is not slumping by any ways it's just going to be a, a stepping stone maybe like you said a growing pain in the second or third season when he's like okay now you're actually taking the bigger matchups you're getting the more minutes you're not insulated by guys who are gonna you know be on the right be in the right spaces on the ice to make it easier for you to play Justin, anything to add to that? No, not really. I mean, that was a really good assessment. I think that there will be growing pains because really the OHL, going from the OHL to the NHL not is the a WHL, big... Not the WHL, right? So, I mean... No, not W. No. <laughs> but going from any of the CHL leagues to the NHL is, is a big step. And, you know, you kind of got to expect the growing pains. But, you know, you surround them with the right players and the right situations. And, you know, he's got the work ethic and, and the, you know, motivation to be a great player. So, you know... I like his assessment of, you know, maybe putting up more points than Hughes, but I guess we'll see if we'll get his, his chance out of camp here. If it counts for anything, I don't think he can be worse than Capo Caco. So <laughs> it was a rough first season for Caco, but I don't think he'd be worse than that. But I mean, everywhere I've looked like, it just seems like you, know, you look at these talent evaluators, these guys who follow prospects, you know, as a passion, as a job, like they're all higher Marco Rossi. I think I recently mm -hmm. saw, of like all draft, uh, Will Scouting, I believe, uh, at Scouting on Twitter, I believe is his handle, 
I'll double check on that. But he did a ranking on a, uh, on a podcast recently, the Talking Hockey podcast, and he has Marco Rossi as, as the third best drafted prospect that hasn't played an NHL game yet. I think it was behind like Lafreniere, and I don't remember who the other one was, but that's a pretty, pretty high assessment. Um, and I, I think that's another thing that just really excites me about Rossi as well. I mean, I think that's like, don't get me wrong. I think that that's like pushing it a little bit because like, in my opinion, Alex Newhook should be in these conversations and he always seems yes. to be slumped. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, I think he's, he's an incredible prospect, but yeah, the, the fact that anyways, that people are even saying that regardless of if I agree or not, I mean, that, that should say enough. The, the Minnesota Wild got an absolute fucking steal in this draft. <laughs> yeah. Zeke, go ahead. Anything yeah. Well, I just think the key is that if he's going to be on the team, he's probably got to be a top six role. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I mean, if you put him third, fourth line, you're not, oh, here we go, Hoppy. You know, you're not going to produce, really, I don't think. And when you look in the past, when the Wild have, a lot of times, even 15 years ago, they had a habit of rushing guys in. So if you're going to do that. them on the fourth line with yeah, so, yeah. old enforcers. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> why isn't Joel Eric's neck any good? Well, because he's a bust. <laughs> Daniel Winnick. Well, I'd rather see a Rossi <laughs> with Winnick. like yeah. <laughs> paired with like a Parise, for example, though, than like a Caprizov mm-hmm. or Fiala in his first season. I know I Hoppy, you 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 ring the spell all the time on the soda pod. Yeah, and uh, Zeke, that just like plucked the best nerve for me. Like, I honestly, Pouliot is just the guy that I'll always refer back to. Like. Yeah, let's play him on the fourth line for two years and see if he develops well. Oh, no. Okay, we're going to trade him to Montreal. Oh, wait, he's actually playing well because he's in a top six role. Crazy how development works. I think that Rossi needs to be in a top six role. Otherwise, you let him play overseas. Like, let him develop further Mm -hmm. if you don't think he's ready. Otherwise, bring him in. I think second line role makes a ton of sense. And to Isha's point, like, I don't think that you want to have out of the gate the Fiala rossi Kaprizov line now in a year or two. Fuck yeah. But That's what I'm saying. Right now, I, I think he's going to gain a lot more by playing with experienced players, whether that's a Zach Parisi, whether that's, you know, a Zuccarello, mm-hmm. like just getting him comfortable with the game. That line, and then from there, see where the chemistry hits because all of them are going to be on the power play, right? So exactly. see where the chemistry hits, figure out the lines later. But for now, just get him in, get him comfortable, get him with a vet, see where things go. Well, that line could work because, you know, we, we don't want Rossi digging the puck out of the corners. Like, let Parise do that. That's his specialty. Well, Parise is going to take cross-checks to the back in front of the net the whole time. I was just going to say, <laughs> I, I, know, I know we don't want him to be injured again, but he's, he's used to it at this point. And, and maybe, this, maybe this lights a fire in Zuccarello's ass. Like, I can actually, you know, ha- you know mm-hmm. pass on some wisdom to this kid. And, you know, he's talented that he can help me out a little bit since Zuccarello seems to be losing a little bit of a step out there. Yeah, I really want Zuccarello to bounce back because that contract just continues to look. Well, Hoppy has the, the famous line, love the player, hate the contract. Yep. Which that's like, <laughs> that's not the story those. of like every Minnesota Wild player in the last like 10 years. Uh, I, thought uh, I, I don't know say- about Rask, but... Uh, By and large, I agree. I thought I was going to say the same thing about Louis Erickson when he first signed like three years in. I hate the player, hate the contract. (laughs) So fun fact about Benning actually came out today saying, we tried to move him, folks. It just couldn't happen. No one wanted him? (laughs) No one wants him. They didn't want to give up Paul Colson to send him out. So that's why. That's that's probably a a wise decision. (laughs) So I actually, I met a kid I went to college with was Louis Erickson's nephew, which I thought was really interesting. I'm like, huh, small world. Hey, great guy. I don't know if you saw his headband when he was in Cabo, but great guy. Yeah. All right. So 
Marco Rossi, one of the many players we hope to see in the World Juniors. Uh, I was talking about with, uh, with my dad about this at dinner tonight. Um, this could be like one of the most watched World Juniors we've had in a really long time. I mean, not only you look at the talent, the talent level, but I think just the timing of it, like, yeah, there's some college hockey right now, but I mean, even that's kind of been in flux. I know uh, my man, Cato Mavericks, though we had already had a couple games postponed due to COVID. Uh, the Gophers are on a tear. Uh, good for them, I guess. Who cares? That's Hoppy's team Zeke, you're, Zeke, you're a Bulldog. My new team. Yeah, I'm UND. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we have all the – and Hoppy, are you, are you Gopher? Do you have any stake in college hockey? Oh, dude, I, I was a Gopher fan before I was any NHL fan. So, yes, it's just been really depressing the last, like, decade or so. Look, my, my, my previous co-host on the Soda Pod tried to convince me to be Wisconsin. Hoppy's, you know, turned me to, to Minnesota 100%. So Please, no. Let me, let I'm not an anti-Gopher you. fan, but I'm a, I, am a, I am a Maverick. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm hey, a- man, we had Coach Blue on the podcast, so I'm definitely yep. going for them second. <laughs> All right. Uh, Whoever so- gets us that free merch, let's go. Yeah, so I mean, we were just talking. It just with everything going on. Uh, back on topic here, like this could be a very highly watched World Junior. It's gonna be really cool. I potentially see a lot of uh, wild players um, in this. We already talked a little about Matt Boldy. Uh, let's talk a little more about him. Uh, after a pretty good start with Boston College, who I believe has three other wild prospects: uh, Nikita Nesterov, Jack McBain, and Marshall Warren. Uh, McBain's off to a really good start in place of Alex Newhook, who isn't playing right now. I don't know the reason off the top of my head, uh, but McBain is World been Juniors. Sub- is, is it because at the camp? Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know why Boldy's not there and you know, okay, but whatever. <laughs> I think because, on, no, it's because of the Canadian border law. I think oh, he just stayed yeah, in it's nationality for sure. Nuke's like, Canadian, right? Yeah, he stayed in Canada yeah. in the offseason, right? So instead of having to, you know, go back and forth and going into quarantine for 14 days, he's just been training with the national team. Yeah, and McBain stepped up. I believe he scored two goals when playing mm-hmm. as first line center. So I mm-hmm. think he's a prospect I'm going to touch on a little bit because he's a guy I've always kind of like liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't, I th- I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, and I think he's an exciting prospect. He's got a lot, you know, not to be cliche and talk like any, every NHL analyst out there, but he's got pro size. He's a, he's a big forward. I don't think he's a guy that's going to light the world on fire in the top six, but I think he could be a really effective, mm-hmm. like kind of a, a bottom six. I mean, like a Pat Maroon or a Marcus Foligno, just mm-hmm. that big body down low, yeah. the, the ability to go into corners, play solid defense. What are your guys' thoughts on Jack McBain? I mean, Whoever he's from to Toronto, so I don't know if I'm on board with him. <laughs> I mean, he's got good size, and I mean, he doesn't have the the greatest speed. But if you saw his goals, I mean, I mean, really, all the wild players like Boldy and McBain were just picking corners against uh, Massachusetts. It's, you know, I can definitely see him being a, a bottom six role in the future. Just mm-hmm. his size and. And, I mean, I, I think he has a pretty good shot, too. So, and I believe he's currently wearing the C for Boston College as well. So, captaining the best college team in, in the country is also a nice little uh, ode to the Wilds' ability to draft leaders as well. Yeah, and I think, like Justin said, uh, I think McBain even remember when he was drafted, it was the skating was the issue. And also that at the time, I don't can't remember what league he was playing in, but, um, uh, you know, that he was always a little bit more of a project, a little bit of a long-term player. I mean, if if you look at his numbers in college the last two years, uh, they're not fantastic yet. But uh, like you guys said, that could potentially be, you know, probably at best a good middle six center for you with size and skill. So Yeah, he developed out of the- Ontario's Junior A League, the oh, okay. o- o- Ontario Junior Hockey League. And it's like, okay. it's a fine league, but it's – and I'm not even saying this because I'm being biased, but it's not the BC <laughs> League. <laughs> I'm so- serious, Hoppy. That's what <laughs> Justin, can you give us a little more insight, maybe some of those like lesser known guys on, on BC as well, Nikita Nestorenko um, and Marshall Warren, who 
to my understanding, was a very, a very surprising fall in the 2019 draft. I think a guy that was originally like, mm-hmm. I mean, like second, third, and I believe all the way to Wild in the sixth round, where he was considered uh, surprisingly a value. Um, yeah. They've just been seeming finally all the value picks lately. So touch on them a little bit because I know you're, you're, you're hot all on the right. pulse with them. Yeah, I, I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised that Warren fell to us in that draft. But, you know, it seems like all our players are, are doing well. You know, Warren got an assist in that first game of the season for BC and then Nestorenko he was in the BCHL last year with uh chili walk. I don't, I don't know if that's how you say it, but um, you know, this is his freshman year at, at Boston college and he seems to be fitting in nicely. I already has uh, two points. You know, his goal was an empty net goal, but um, he seems to be doing well. Like the Boston college wild, it seems like all our prospects are coming from Boston. Yeah, actually, he he led he led his team in the BCHL last year as a seventeen year old too, which is like mm-hmm. fucking crazy. When there's like a few nineteen and twenty year olds on the team too. Yeah, he had a good season. It's a big deal because that's a real league. It is. <laughs> hey, the AJ the Alberta Junior Hockey League is like the second best, and then it just honestly, mm-hmm. at, at further east you go, just and I'm not I'm not even joking around here. It's true. <laughs> you can fact check me there, Hoppy. All right. And then, uh, of course, uh, Matt Boldy. So I wanted to kind of just bring up Matt Boldy because I think there's a lot of excitement around Boldy, but I think there's also kind of reason for a little bit of pause in terms of whether or not we ever actually see him in a wild jersey. Because from my understanding, uh, and even sound like Russo brought this up in one of his articles too, is that the wild seem to be okay with parting with him if it, if it means bringing in a mm-hmm. big piece. It sounded like he may have been the piece involved when they tried to trade up for the 12th pick in Florida to get Anton, or I presume that where they would have taken Anton Lundell. Um, who is absolutely lighting the oh uh, God. league on fire. I mean, he looks like he probably should have been in, in the top 10. He looks like he's going to be special. And the, the offensive concerns, I think, are, are dwindling as, as you kind of watch what he's doing there. But uh, it seemed like they were willing to trade Boldy like, to Florida. You know, Maybe that's a, a Fenton connection as well because that's uh-huh. obviously where Paul is now and that's who, the, who he, he took. But <laughs> are you, do you guys think it's smart for the Wild to move on to Boldy at this point? Do you think they should wait longer? Do you think it more depends on what the return is? Or where do, where do you stand on Matt Boldy? Well, I personally, when I look at it, I, I'd be fine with giving him up if it's, uh, you know, preferably if it's packaged for a player, uh, you know, higher end guy, potentially center. But I also am a little bit kind of nervous because I know he's 6-0. He's not huge, but he seems like he can play a little bit more of a power slash a physical game, maybe a little bit more. And, like, I don't want to be the guy that is you need to have size and toughness and all that along with your skill. but Eventually, I look that their top three forwards and that are potentially be in Kaprizov, Fial, and Rossi. They're not tiny, but you know, and they're all strong and all that. But I don't. I just feel like with his talent ability, I I don't know. I he's a young guy. I don't want to see another Alex Tuck or something again. Although that you have to give up to get to. So for me, this is kind of a one-off. Personally, like mm-hmm. this is a situation where Garen was prepared to take the guy that he wanted to trade Boldy for. Like, he was ready for that as his worst-case scenario, scouted this guy like crazy, loved him, and then saw the opportunity like, holy shit, we got Rossi. Can we actually get both? So I I don't see it as being like, we're moving on from Boldy. This is it. It's This is a guy that we scouted and we love. This is also a position of need, which, like, I've talked plenty about, like, it's okay to trade for a strong winger or to draft a good winger because mm-hmm. you can always trade them for the position you need later. If it's like that big of a disparity with talent, obviously you take the position of need if it's close, but I, so I don't think it's that like Garen's washing his hands at Boldy by any means. It's, it's not like a Jordan Greenway situation. Yeah. Um, I just, 
I, I think that there's still a chance for him here moving forward. It's just going to be really competitive in a very yeah. deep wing pool. That's true. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the best way to put it. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I have too much to disagree with there at all. No, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much in the same shoes as uh, Hoppy there. I think last year, obviously, he had a slow start, but um, I, New Hook actually played for the Victoria Grizzlies on the island. So I've caught up when I was doing Stick and Rink Radio. We caught up with him a bunch. So I constantly all all year was just like, how, like how's Boldy doing? I know it's been a little bit slow, and he he actually said he's had nothing but good things to say about this guy. He's like, honestly, man, like you'll see, you'll see. And we all saw at the end of the season, this guy, you know, finally found found his niche and was able to to play his game and they uh they played really well together and when he was you know used in different roles in the lineup um as someone alluded to it here as well he was able to play a little bit of that power forward role and uh, he's obviously still got a great shot and i don't even think we've seen uh the tip of the iceberg yet uh, in regards to his college career scoring and i'm excited to see him transition to pro um i don't know i don't think we should give up on him yet but like Hoppy said if there's an opportunity to gains you know something where it's a position of need or maybe uh some i don't know something that'll help build for the future then you know he, he's a good piece to have anyways yeah and the real right. question on that guy is like because i'm not a prospects guy like certainly i can like watch a good player and tell you it's a good player that's not really a skill how can i look and say new hook should be a top 10 pick and then no one else in the nhl seems to agree like how does that happen Dude, I was the same. It's because, well, again, it's because the BCHL is a lesser league. than No, 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 no. It's a lesser league than that of the CHL, Major Junior. And there's still that old mentality that the BCHL and, well, Junior A, both in the United States and Canada, I'll say the exact same thing for the USHL, because I'd say the USHL and the BCHL are probably the exact same talent level. Um, they, they don't get the respect they deserve in regards to being a legit comparison now to the CHL. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a junior uh, development league. And I think that was it. He was just lighting up the BCHL and people were like, well, anybody can light, light up the BCHL. Sure. It, it's, it's kind of like the QMJHL in that, in that regard, but he was just on another level and everyone saw mm-hmm. it. Uh, I, Hoppy, I think the answer to your question is really simple about new hook about why he wasn't top 10. It's because he's under six feet tall. He's five eleven, So that's why he fell out of the top 10. Um, I think I had him around like 12 when I did my rankings for last year. And I think he, he was a guy that was like, yeah, I, I mean, if the wild took him, I'd be, I'd be happy. He was kind of like my, like almost like my Hendrix LaPierre of like this year's draft of that guy. Like, like no one's really talking about him, but I think he's the guy that like the team who takes him is going to get a steal. And of course, Colorado takes yeah, him. I know they get bone Byram and new hook in the same draft. Are you kidding me? They're like, fantastic. Oh man. Oh, and they're adding that to Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, and Kale McCarr. Wonderful. Remember, remember when they were the laughing stock of the league two years ago? Yeah. And Good thing they didn't. Was like that. Good thing they didn't need to get faster or anything. Yeah. God. I think Baki will agree with me. It's one nine. That's the reason. That's the only reason. Good old Joe Sackick. Dude's a legend, and there. I mean, DC I see like, boy, like, baby, let's go. Yeah, man, like, that's. I take it back. I take back everything good I Burnaby said about Burnaby Joe. They call him Burnaby <laughs> Joe in these parts. Man, like, Joe, Joe, Joe brought me into the NHL. Man, he was my favorite player growing up. <laughs> He's fun to watch. That's like the old Wild Avalanche rivalry was was fun as well. Like the old Northwest Division, like the Wild Canucks, like Wild Canucks and Wild Avalanche are always really fun, really fun matchups to watch. Hate him. <clears throat> 2003. Don't remind me. 2003 was really good for both. What the fuck, Wes Walls? 
Like you decide to score now? Like, are you kidding me? Oh man! Are you talking about the three one series comebacks twice yeah. in one year? Yeah. He will. He will not come on the soda pod. I don't know why. Um, and then, anyways, <laughs> and then freaking John Sebastian should get in his oversized pads. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's the only reason they won. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been and it's been 17 years of mediocrity since. So thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, getting back on track, uh, we, we we've touched on Arasi, we've touched on Boldy. Um, why not? Let's 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 talk about the the uh, the third head of the big three. Let's talk a little about Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, it sounds like I believe two days ago. Uh, our Lord and Savior landed again in Minnesota, I think, for good. I believe he's here to stay now, probably hopefully anticipating a training camp. But, man, would it not be the most, like, it, it sounds like, and we'll, we'll pivot off Kaprizov for a second and kind of roll it back in, but the NHL and the NHLPA seem to be, like, at a standstill again. Uh, again, coming down to, you know, how much money your player is going to get and all this stuff. And it sounds like there could be a legitimate chance that uh, we go into another lockout. Um, despite having agreed on a CBA months ago, but I got us. I um, I'm 98 percent sure. I have a source with TSN. Well, actually, it was a source from a source, but again, 98 percent sure and confidence <laughs> there won't be a lockout. But we may see as less as you know around 42 games. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the that's what I'm pretty sure is going to happen. I so, can handle that. 2012, yeah. and they did wasn't that about they were like 41, 42, 48. It was, right? it was yeah. I, I believe it was 42 exactly, and they're using that similar model. Okay. Find you someone that goes together like Gary Batman and lockouts. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the NHL wasn't facing you know right. uh, they weren't yeah. hemorrhaging money at that time, yeah, right? That's true. <laughs> this is the I'll, one time I'll give him a pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I honestly love Gary Bettman personally. Like, there's no other person who could have brought the NHL to where it is now in the United States than That's him. True. Now, his last TV deal sucked, but we were anticipating a good one. He I did not play the booze in for the Stanley <laughs> Cup this year. He, that, that was his chance for me. Yeah. Uh, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, he's a business guy. He's not, he doesn't necessarily have the yeah. best sense of humor. Well, I mean, you know, I think the thing to remember is he works for the owner, so – and again, the the thing out, out of the stories the last couple of days that kind of irritated me the most is that they uh, didn't read this memorandum of understanding that he sent, Bettman sent the owners and they signed it and now they're angry about the deal, even though they Rich didn't look at problems. the deal. It's like, it's just kind of annoying. Like, no one feels bad for you. Like, no. You signed the deal. Well, Isha's oh, comment about there not being a lockup makes you optimistic. Like, would it not be the yeah. most wild thing ever? It's like, all yeah. right. Hey, you signed Kaprizov. Oh, but he can't play in the play, and he can play next year. Oh, next year? Sorry, that's not going to happen either. He'll have to wait another year. Uh, and you'll burn the contract off. I mean, yeah. Brett, first you got to convert to the metric system, then go Celsius, then factor in the two layers of sourcing that he did. Yeah. So that 98 turns into like a 37. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's at least 50 at that point. <laughs> so, He's already they, gone from 98 to 50 with zero negotiation. With your logic, with your logic, it's around 50. I won't, I won't take 30. I'm just saying. I'm saying in confidence that there will not be a lockout and – I think there will be around 42 games. All right. Well, let's, let's hope that's the case, and let's say that is the case. Let's talk about percent, boys. You can, you, uh, can, you can oust me on Twitter if you want after, <laughs> if, it's, if it's false. <laughs> I know Hoppy will. All right. Let's do a similar conversation here that we did with Rossi uh, regarding Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, I'll shut this one off because I actually did tweet this, like, in the most unhomer way possible. I, th- I don't see why there's any reason why Kirill Kaprizov should not be the Calder favorite heading into the season. And I, and I don't think it's because, like, 
he's better than Lafreniere or anything, but I think you look at the opportunity he's going to get, the background he has. He's an older, like he's not an 18 year old rookie. He's never. He is better than Lafreniere. He's played pro right now. Right Right now he is, and and that's and I think too, like you're going to see like Lafreniere, like. We don't even know if he's guaranteed to be in the top six to start the season. He might be on their third line. He might be on their second power play. Like, mm-hmm. Kirill Kaprizov is like, hey, outside of Kevin Fiala, you're going to be expected to, like, basically run our offense. You're going to be out there in all situations. Yeah. You're going to get number one power play time. You're going to get looks for sure in the top six, probably the top line. Like, for, for me, when I'm looking at who I think a call their favorite should be, it's who's going to get the opportunity. And, and we saw it last year with, with Kale McCarr, with Adam Fox, with Quinn Hughes. They were anchors of the top pair of their teams playing power play time, playing top minutes out on the ice all the time. They had the opportunity and they cashed in on it. And I just like, there isn't another rookie right now, at least that I see that's like, yep, they're going to get the same opportunity that Kaprizov is going to get. Like to me, it almost feels like if he loses it, it it's his award to lose. I almost feel Dude, like. Dude, I will agree 100%. And from like a Vancouver Canucks perspective, I knew Quinn Hughes was going to come in and have like, and be given all the opportunity to, to help carry this team and shine. And I didn't even expect him to do this well. And I was like stupidly high on him due to skating ability. I'm stupidly high on Kaprizov right now. And I like, mm. just what Brett said, I expect him to come in and, and actually be like the best rookie in the NHL next year. And that best rookie may be a 40 to 50 point guy. And that's mm. still okay. He, yeah. he, he, hey, he'll, and, he'll, and a 40 he'll pass season, eventually. heck yeah. <laughs> yeah so well, you got to adjust that. <laughs> well, okay, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, in an 82-game season, um, he would be around like a 40- to 50-point guy. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think people would expect mm-hmm. him to come in and put up, you know, 70 and closer to a point per game. Again, assuming there's 82 games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a little too high just because, A, you don't play that many games in the KHL, and B, it's, it's a different league. But he's a seasoned pro, and I've, from everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard, this guy's he's an NHL player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is he a superstar? Yet to see. Yeah, I think uh, the key, like you guys kind of hit on there, is he was a fifth-round pick, so any kind of player that he is is great. Like, even if he's not scoring 30, 40 goals, like, that's fine. It's a fifth-round pick. The Wild hardly ever get top six forwards out of their first-round picks, it seems. So I think they've had, like, th- they might have only actually, from, like, I think my count, like, if you don't account mm-hmm. for, like, you know, if you don't count Granlin, but, like, yeah. guys that were, like, top 15 picks, I don't think they've mm-hmm. ever had a first-rounder. Yeah. And I panned out. And I, it's kind of same with you guys. I expect, you know, maybe not necessarily point per game, but if you're going over like 42 games, I'd say probably around 30 to 35, I think is fairly reasonable. And uh, the only concern though is, is who's going to be at center is like usual, like everyone's talked about, like, you know, that's my only concern. It's out of his control too. Well, I think at this point, like if he plays with Fiala, Fiala will just dish him the puck. That's and, true. See, and that, that's, that's actually, true. I think if, I don't think the center is going to matter quite as much. I think like if you even listen to how Garen talks about it, he's like, I, he, he's literally said, I don't think the center necessarily has to be the one that drives the line anymore. If you, mm-hmm. and I think, I don't know what his exact quote was. We talked about if you have skilled wings in a center who can kind of just play a 200 foot game and just kind of be responsible and be adequate. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you, you put him with a, with a guy like Zuccarello who can dish in the puck or, you know, another Zach Parisi get two threats to score, if it is Kevin Fiala, like, as long, I think as long as he's with a, a good, solid winger, I, I don't really see the center being a major handicap. Personally, I think it'd be fun to see him with a guy like Gulerich Sinek who can go win a battle in the corner and, you mm-hmm. know, have Parisi kind of hang out in the slot area and just try to get him some pucks in the slot kind of usage too. But I, I don't see it as a major concern for me. Like, obviously, like, it, the long-term problem it is there for the while, but I don't think it's as, like, a big of a deal as it's being made out to be. 
I guess a handicap, but it's not the handicap. I think that. Yeah, it's- no, it's definitely. I don't think it's a handicap for the line, but you said it perfectly. It's you know lacking that top center still a handicap for this team overall because you you just you can't win in the playoffs without a top center in the league at least one. I mean, mm-hmm. look how long it took Washington. They had mm-hmm. they had fucking two and Ovechkin. They still couldn't get done for so many years. So I'm just saying. because of the Penguins, but. Uh, don't even get me started. You know, you know what? Pete, I'm a Canucks, Canucks in Washington. They're my first two loves. The Wild, my third, respectively. And I, I really do actually. I'm a fan of this team now, which is awesome. I didn't think I would be when I started this thing last year, but uh, those those years, man, did that hurt when when the Pittsburgh Penguins kept defeating Washington. Like, you know how much money I lost betting. This will be the year that people say that Ovi, you know, he has a chance to, you know, he's beaten he's beaten Crosby. He's better than him this season, man. You're talking to fans who watch. Who, who has said this? I need to meet them and study no, no, I was them. Like, I was waiting for that moment where we could say that, and it never happened because we kept everyone losing. on Vancouver Island happy and nobody else. No, no, no. Honestly, guys, no one out here gives two shits about the Washington Capitals. I was like loaded in my last year of college, going to like bars in downtown Victoria with my Caps jersey on, and everyone's like, "Who is this guy? <laughs> Why is he not wearing a Canucks jersey?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's not the flying skate. Oh my god! A lot of them like that Canucks retro jersey right now too, and I think it's gone awful. Personally, thank you. Yeah, it's disgusting. We we ranted about that on the last podcast. Uh, We we had a lot of fun with uh, with uh, Eric Dunkel talking about the uh, the terrible use of two color gradient. Um, So yeah, it gives me like it just reminds me like Mark Messier too, and no one as a Canucks fan wants to remember his time with that team. Yeah. It's like Gretzky is a blue. It's like, just forget there about it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> just a blur. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> I think we, we, we've hit on some of the big prospects. Let's talk about maybe some like the next tier down guys. Uh, we'll, we'll go first to Adam Beckman, obviously a star WHL Spokane, uh, United States side of uh, the dub, but uh, a guy that's really burst onto the scene. Um, he went from basically like, yep. an afterthought and then like leading up to his draft year to, eh, yeah, he's like wild took a shot at him in the third round. And then this year he exploded into what many say, yep, if, if you know, they redrafted his draft class, he'd be in the first round. Um, Isha, maybe you've had a chance to see him out on the West Coast a little bit, so we'll go to you first. Just your thoughts on the rise of Adam Beckman and, and the potential that he, that he might possess. Yeah, man, like I'm a huge WHL guy, especially when I, I went to college in Victoria and they have the Victoria Royals there. So I'd go to as many games as I could. Uh, season tickets are a couple times. And man, I, I didn't have season tickets for the 2018-19, but I did remember seeing him. You know, he was, a, he was a dominant point contributor on the team, 62 points in 68 games. And he did score 32 goals. So like he was a solid piece, but he wasn't like the superstar on the team. He wasn't the one mm-hmm. that they talked about who would, you know, this guy's going to make the show because he's got that elite talent. He was an elite WHL player this this last season oh my god man he made he made everybody in the WHL look silly so dominant out there and it's not that he was a product of like good chemistry on a line with two other players he drove the offense in whatever with whatever players he played with uh in Spokane mind you he did have an unbelievable team don't get me wrong but he was miles above uh you know his line mates and those just trailing him in, in points uh 48 goals in the whl even in today's whl uh compared to what it used to be is is nothing uh is nothing to snuff at this guy's the real deal and may, is he like a is he a point getting star in the nhl i don't know but he had put it this way he developed with a two-way game and he's found his offensive stride later and i think that's 
it's, it's pretty amazing because he plays responsibly first and foremost. And if he's given the opportunity to do more like he did last year, uh, this guy can carry at, you know, the highest level of the CHL, in my opinion. Mm. Well, it's another good move by Paul Fenton to trade up and draft him, I guess, too. So. Say what you will about the man's conduct around people. <laughs> he has an eye. Philip Johansson oh, aside, the guy has an eye for, for, for young talent. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, the year before he exploded, I went to the wild development camp and I was just kind of watching players. And I felt like he was one of the players that kind of stood out to me before he blew up. Like, I felt like he had some pretty good skating, but his shot was like really heavy. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this He's kid a heavy player, could, eh? could he be good. He's a like, heavy game. Yeah. And then, of course, we knew what he did last year, and he just continues to develop and seems like he's just, you know, mm-hmm. budding into kind of a, a little star in front of us. Who knows what he'll do in the NHL, you know, or in the higher levels. But just he's been fun to kind of just pay attention to. Yeah, and, and it's and it's, he's come so far. Um, if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, uh, Scott Wheeler, who has seemingly basically become like the Minnesota Wild prospect writer, um, did another feature story in a wild prospect. He does awesome work. I think he's the one in Rossi. And then he recently did one on um, on uh, Adam Beckman. Go ahead and read that. Really good. Just basically talking about his rise from kind of a nobody to, you know, now vying for a spot on probably perhaps one of the most stacked Canada World Junior teams they've had in, in quite some time. And he deserves to be there in, in every way. And and uh, just, just a really a really cool story that I highly recommend going to read. Read everything by Scott Wheeler because he does fantastic prospect work. Absolutely. So let's talk about the uh, the two other Canadians vying for a spot for World Juniors. Uh, uh, most recent uh, Wild Draft Picks defenseman, uh, Damon Hunt, and then uh, why am I blanking on uh, the other one? Uh, Ryan O'Rourke. 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 Yeah. yeah, Ryan O'Rourke. Let's talk a little bit about them. Uh, did you guys think they got they have a legitimate shot? Um, at I making know. a team, I, I I don't know. They're they're solid players, and I'm just getting some of my notes up on them that I uh, posted on the, the soda pod recently. Um, both solid players. I, I think a, a, a Rook has maybe a better shot just because he's kind of like Beckman. He's more, he developed more as like in, in the two way game and, and more responsible. And then has started now to, to be able to, to actually work his magic with, with being able to create more room. And mm-hmm. I guess he's kind of just taken that first step of like, okay, these are the basics of what you need to be a professional hockey player. Now I can kind of work, with the talent that got me here. Um, I think uh, he has the better shot of making it out of the two. He also has the higher draft capital too, which makes sense. I think it's be hard for, you know, I think Beckman has the best shot out of the three, out of all three of them, but I think it's going to be tough. He's almost a lock, I think, at at least for a fourth line role. It's going to be tough for the other two to Mm -hmm. make it, I think, just from what I've been reading. Like, it's just so competitive and it's going to be so hard to make Mm -hmm. the team. That's going to be a grind. Yeah, I agree with you guys too. And you know, O'Rourke, he kind of, kind of exciting, kind of an exciting player to me because while you know I don't think the offensive necessarily dynamic, but from what I've read, uh, he kind of got a little bit more of an opportunity this last year to kind of you know move up in the play and uh, play a little more offensive. But I mean, I think obviously the main, I guess, calling card of his game that in all the draft courts was his kind of physical play, almost mix of old style and new style, which. You know, when you look at the Wilds D, it's good, but it's a lot of more offense talent, not really, a, you know, they're all good. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's kind of a nice player to kind of fit that edge they need to a guy who plays a little more edge too. 
And there's, there's some clips out there. I uh, just retweeted them from the Sound of the Foghorn account. So if you haven't seen him yet, go check those out. But uh, of both O'Rourke and Hunt laying some pretty big hits in the scrimmages. Mm-hmm. Uh, O'Rourke laid out uh, – uh, he, he is ready for the, for the Blackhawks wild uh, rivalry. He laid <laughs> a sweet hip check on Kirby Doc. Like Doc thought he was about to split the oh, deep, no. make this sweet move, and O'Rourke just stuck out his hip, just flipped him right over, like no chance. And then uh, – Damon Hunt. Well, he's definitely not making the team then. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, hey, remember that hit you put on Doc? Yeah, we we can't can't risk one of those. I'm okay with that because screw the Blackhawks. And uh, I could not stand the Saskatoon Blades, so I have no time for Kirby Doc. He made made the Victoria Royals look like children. Whenever I hear Saskatoon, I just – I don't know if you guys have seen, I think it's in Grown Ups. Uh, I think it's in the first Grown Ups. There's like the, the lifeguard and he like walks through and goes, that's Saskatoon, eh? <laughs> it's like every time I hear Saskatoon, it's like the only thing I can think of is like the weird guy from, from Grown make, Ups. Make no mistake, it's actually, it is the, and it, this is saying a lot, it is the best city in Saskatchewan. It's actually a really beautiful city. Uh, Regina's got nothing on uh, Saskatoon. Isn't that just kind of like saying like Grand Forks is the nicest city in North Dakota though? Like, isn't it? Uh, I'd say just, <laughs> just above, just above. <laughs> what else is there in Saskatchewan? Isn't it just like cornfields? <laughs> well, yeah, but I'd be like, look, I, I wouldn't even go near Winnipeg, but I'd actually like plan to go to Saskatoon. It's, no, like, no, it's no, like, no, yeah. Well, I know well, that's those are saying. different provinces. I don't know if you know much about Canada. No, no, I'm just saying as far as like the as far as the meter of like place where it's not really working with much Saskatoon's actually like a, a dope little spot. Kind of like Portland in Oregon, not a huge city, but a cool little hot spot. Sure. And then uh, the other clip uh, as well was uh, Damon Hunt laying out a uh, Hendrix Lapierre, basically Lapierre uh, trying to make a little cute move, cutting across him with his head down and just shoulder to the chest uh, kind of like reminiscent of some of the big kids we've seen for Matt Dumba so good to see some like that's your like the offensive eye-popping skill but just I mean to see def- just, just strong physical defensive play is always good mm-hmm. especially against you know high-end talent like like Doc like LaPierre so uh, so it sounds like there's kind of a consensus we think Adam Beckman's got a shot to probably crack the bottom six and then the defensemen are a long shot we're pretty obviously we think Marco Ross could be a captain and then uh, we've talked about Boldy who I think we feel like is probably a lock for Team mm-hmm. USA at this mm-hmm. point yeah. Um, I think the other prospect, I don't think Warren or McBain or any of them are really in the mix for, for uh, the USA team. But I think the other player uh, that's going to be World Juniors, um, Pavel Novak uh, for the Czech Republic. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like he's got a, a pretty good shot. Um, I, don't know, I don't know too much about Pavel Novak, honestly. I didn't know too much when I'm going in. I haven't looked too much back. But, uh, I mean, everything I heard about just sounds like he's a really – he's a skilled player. And it'll be fun to watch him on the world stage as well, I believe. I think the Czechs, Austria, and the U.S. might actually all be in the same – cool to start uh let me double check on that here well maybe if anyone else has some thoughts on uh, well i was just i just had like a whole thing written on about him but i was like oh we're not going to talk about this guy so i literally just closed it when you're like oh let's talk about Paolo Novak. Like, oh my god so i'm trying to get that up as well because uh well, when- so I'll, I'll stall for you then isha okay good, please. good chemistry here i'm just curious because i don't know i guess anything about the russian team is kuznadinov not playing I think oh, no, he's a little, I Russia. Yeah, who's okay. Adinov? Who's Adinov in first off? Is he the number one center, right? Yeah. I would have thought so. That's why I mm-hmm. asked. Yeah. I think so, yeah. By the way, first started. off, he's the real deal, guys. Oh, I'm yeah. so pumped on this prospect. Um, I've... I have a friend, actually, uh, a guy on Vancouver Island. He went to, he went to um, high school with my sister, and he developed here, played in the BCHL. He plays for University of Connecticut, too, yeah. uh, Carter Turnbull. And okay, he, said okay. that, he said, watch I've out for this name. guy. Like, yeah, he's, he's going to be awesome. Well, he was really good for UConn his freshman year. I mean, he was, what, third in scoring and mm-hmm. second in goals, all-rookie team. Just 
you know, he's he's gonna be really good, like you said. It's, he's, he's, well, and you know. he's he, you know, he he elected not to to try to go play in a, in a pro league. He's like, no, no, right. I'd rather just train with the Russian national team, both the U twenty and men's team, and just wait for the college season to start. So I, I really respect mm-hmm. that. All right. Good. All right, I got my notes up, by the way. Yeah, and then uh, I, I, did, I did check on the groups here. So USA, Czechs, Austria, Russia, all in Group B. So <laughs> if you want to watch some wild prospects, good there chance you go. if you catch a, a Group B game, you're going to see one. Oh, yeah. Of course, uh, I believe, I don't think outside of Canada, uh, Beckman, uh, Finland, Switzerland, Slovakia, Germany, I don't think they'll have any, uh, any, any of those squats. No, and you know, I, I like this guy a lot. And at 146th overall, obviously, it's just, it's like a, it's a $2 lottery ticket. You know, uh, you're seeing what you get. But in, uh, in 50, was it 55 WHL games, 25 goals, 58 points with the Kelowna Rockets. Now, the Kelowna Rockets are always a stacked team. So take, take that in with a grain of salt. But playing for the Czech Republic U18, 14 points in 19 games, 11 goals. So this guy's clearly got that goal-scoring ability. Elite Prospect says that um, there's no doubt that he can score in a tough league like the WHL. He is a deceptive on the power play. And he has, and he's a threat uh, with an angle-changing shot. So it looks like he actually has some elite talent when it comes to scoring. That's evident, you know, in his uh, international play. And he can play with the big boys in the WHL. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to bring also in the World Juniors. Yeah. So lo- long story short, here, folks, is I, I to start Christmas Day. Yeah, I think so. December twenty-fifth to January fifth. Yeah. So if you're looking for something to do while you're on vacation, or if you're still like me, looking for a job. Uh, coming up around the holidays, just tune into the World Juniors because you're going to see lots of good hockey for the first time pretty much since 2012 when it was Zucker and Granlin and Coyle and the likes like that the Wild will have a, a large handful of of uh, prospects playing. Cunning and Greenway might have been in there too, but like a lot of on all teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it should be a fun World Juniors. Um, pivoting off the World Juniors, we've touched on a lot of prospects. I'll, I'll give each person a chance here. Is there one prospect that we haven't touched on that maybe you guys are just like excited about um, that we haven't touched on yet. That I just want to give mm-hmm. your, your your two cents on, and we can throw it around the room here. Uh, we'll go to our guest first, Hoppy. I see you shaking your head. Uh, yes, so uh, we'll go to you first. I mean, I'm biased here, but I think everyone should be excited about Kalen Addison, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. guy, right? Yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh guy, <laughs> but still, like, given what we all think right now, like, let's be real, we're all under the impression that whether it's middle of this season, trade mm-hmm. deadline, right before the expansion draft shit. Maybe we go with eight skaters instead of seven and three, and we keep Dumba and trade him next year. Dumba's gone because you can't have $28 million for four defensemen. And who is perfectly equipped to take over the Dumba-type role and honestly eventually yeah. be the quarterback of the first power play unit, Kalen Addison. Hey, let's not be just right. Spurgeon like that. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, five five years out, we're away from that. I think. Mm-hmm. I'll kidding. I'll kidding. Um, I, I already said I like I like first off. Um, I'm also going to uh, going to be maybe one of the few who says that Kovanov, though you know he's getting a little flack right now because he's not putting up the points in the KHL. Shit, he's not even really playing right now because of what's going on with him and the coach. Uh, this guy though, he's gonna have to work harder. Could be Radulov 2.0. Maybe he doesn't come into his own until he's 30. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Wild fans. Let's be real, man. Right now, he's like 13 in Russian, right? Well, there you go. There you go. No, this guy's got the talent, and I think he just needs to come over to North America. I don't think the KHL is the right spot for this guy to develop. 
I, I really like, and just the way that everything's, the way that everything's playing out right now, clearly the team doesn't want him. Clearly he doesn't want to be there. I know he doesn't want to be in Iowa, but I think the kid's going to have to smarten up a little bit in that sense, bite the bullet and just develop in North America. He'll, he'll get a shot with the wild. If you know, at center, especially if he shows he can, he can play well in the AHL. Yeah. Agreed. All right. And I think like, to me, like, who's or who's enough? I'm ahead of myself. Hovanov in the KHL, I think, is almost like what we're kind of expecting of Rossi in the NHL, like kind of that mm-hmm. slow start, kind of the growing pains early, making that jump. But then they sent him kind of they sent him down to their minor league system. And I think he's a point per game player there. So it's like yeah. it's not like his skill has just evaporated. It just no, his like, coach is a dick too, from what yeah. I've hear, from what I've heard. <laughs> like Jesus. And if you read the uh, the the piece on Havanov uh, where Russo interviewed Torchetti, Torchetti basically like, mm-hmm. you kind of have to coddle him. But like once you get to him, he's a really good player. He's he's a he's a fine player to coach. You just have to know how to coach him. And I think hopefully mm-hmm. the Wild have knowledge of that and they're working on it. But. Yeah. I think maybe like the ceiling isn't as high as where I thought it used to be, but I like, like as like a legit number one center, but I still think like the idea of him being like a good number two is still, is still very real. Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't want to see, and I don't see this happening with him, but I, I just don't want to see another Dmitry Sokolov situation where he has all the skill in the OHL and then his conditioning is not good. And he just looks like a promising yeah. prospect and can't just mm-hmm. can't, can't cut it. Yeah, I think Sokolov for me is more like, it's just like, his game just seems to be very like one dimensional. Like, yeah, yeah. he can mm. shoot the hell out of right. a puck, but like beyond that, it's like, eh. which mm. in like in, in a Canadian junior league, you can get away with that in the AHL. You can even kind of get away with that, but you get to NHL. If you can't, if you can't do more than just shoot a puck, like you're not, mm-hmm. you're not going to make it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not to throw shade, but like Jerry Mayhew's kind of an example of that too. Like he can right. light the scoring title on fire in the AHL, but in the NHL, he just, just he just, he doesn't have it. So, mm. The guy I was pulling for last year too. I was waiting for him to light it up because I retweeted an AHL oh, tweet were. and they <laughs> sent me a sign. They sent me a sign all-star game, Jerry Mayhew puck. And I was like, I can't wait to give this away on the soda pod. It'll get me like 200 more followers. Uh, it never happened. <laughs> now I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm more sad about Sam Annis, but I mean that we all kind of saw the yeah. writing on the wall with that one. He ain't coming yeah. back. <laughs> no. I hope he just like, like, I just want to see him play in an NHL game. I mean, it's just one game. Like, I just want to see him get the shot. Like, I think he will. I think he'll get a shot. It's not with the Wild, but he'll get a Has shot. Has anyone picked him yeah. up yet? St. Louis think that. That's, that's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> he's probably in the same situation there that he was here. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knows? Maybe, maybe he cracks the bottom six. All the best to Sam Annis, who just sounds like he was just, like, the most consummate professional ever. So, mm-hmm. heard nothing but good things about that dude. Uh, let's see. So Hoppy, yours was Addison. Uh, Isha, you pumped, you pumped first off and, and, uh, Havanov. Zeke, is there someone you want to pump the tires on a little bit here? Uh, well, I mean, I think the guy I'll go with is in goal and Kapokakinen. Uh, I think he's, you know, there's been a lot of articles the last few months, uh, scouts saying they're maybe not all that confident in him being more than a backup because yeah, he's six two, so he's not like tiny, but you know, nowadays in the NHL, obviously the teams prefer the goalies to be kind of six three, six four above. And I've also read, you know, other things that, you know, they just maybe don't think the ceiling is high, but uh, he, he was very good when he was in Finland uh, as a younger kid. And he obviously had a very good last year. So I'm just intrigued to see if he keeps it up uh, this year in the AHL, whenever the season is going, of course, because, you know, the, the way their goaltending is now in, in a year or two, he'll probably get a chance in the NHL. There's a kind of a backup platoon kind of guy, I think. 
Yeah, and I and I think we've touched on this in this show before too, but it almost seems like not not even seems like I think it's it's true now. I think there's if you look at there's probably twenty teams you can safely say have like a one A and a one B. Like mm-hmm. the other ten teams have that like starter backup, but there's definitely a shift from like uh, I mean you saw guys like Mika Kiprasov and Marty Berdura kind of in the late two thousands were starting like seventy two games a year. I mean mm-hmm. hell even Devin Dubnik was like just like uh-huh. this marathon man. Just like, yeah, Roberto Luongo did too before Corey yeah. Snyder came around. And yeah. then, that even sounded like a big number to me to be honest. Yeah, and I I think we're really starting to see this shift where teams are like okay we have this guy who's like a little bit better he's gonna start sixty to sixty five percent. And then here's our, you know, here's our one B who's going to start, you know, mm-hmm. 35 to 40%. And it's like, I think Kakinen, he probably isn't that 60 to 65%, but he's probably a legit 35 to 40%. Like in like EA NHL 21 terms, he's kind of that fringe starter. Potential. Yeah. <laughs> God, I can't believe he's in the Alex Tuck draft. God damn it, boys. It's a long time ago. <laughs> and he's still a prospect. It still <laughs> proves my point. Goalies take forever to develop. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Just in time for an expansion draft. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I think that's the thing that intrigues me the most um, when it comes to Wilds expansion is like, not if they protect Dumber or not, it's which of Talbot or Kakinen do they protect. And I, obviously, I think a lot will hinge on what Talbot does this year. But like, is a 42-game sample size going to be enough to be like, yep, we're going to protect this guy? Or is- Oh, no. They can find another goalie in free agency. I was going to say, I don't think they're going to protect Talbot because I don't think he's at risk to be taken when you no, look at Holby's some of the other goalies taken. that might be exposed. Braden Holpe's being taken. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, Justin, so anyways. <laughs> uh, you're maybe a prospect you want to pump up a little bit here before we get into mine and then uh, jump into the mailbag, which is mostly just the, uh, the Darifelska Q&A. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even sure. Like, I hope the Wild bring him back, but Brandon Manel, like, he oh, yeah. is absolutely tearing up the KHL right now. He's got, what, 21 points in 24 games played. Mm-hmm. He continues to play on the power play and basically lead his team in minutes. It just, he blew up in the HL. He's blown up in the KHL, and I just, I think he deserves a shot at the NHL. Yeah. I think at the very least, he should be on the third pairing. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think kind of on him too. I think in a recent podcast, Russo said he does think he'll join the wild again, you know, probably next year. So yeah, I agree with you. Hopefully that's the case. And you know how thin our, our prospect pool is at D right now, you know, this past draft yeah. helped, but you know, it's true. I, I just think we need Those to guys aren't ready make sure right he's there. No, they're not. <laughs> I've heard a lot about him and like, I haven't watched him at all. Like how does he project into the NHL? Like, is he like, I know you said that you think he could at least play third pairing for the wild. Like what's, what do you expect and what's his ceiling? For me, it's like think Carson Susie, but with more offensive upside and less defensive upside. Okay. So he, he, he's like, to me, he's like the offensive version of Carson Susie is kind of how I look at him. If we're looking for a wild comp. That's a good way. To so a good guy to pair with Carson Susie. I love it. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be a sweet third pair, honestly. Yeah. The himself. My, one of my buddies, one of the guys, one of the regular listeners on the Soda Pod, that's his nickname for, for Susie. I love Susie. I'm a UMD guy, so I've, I've watched him since college. I just, nice. he's one Wait, of my favorites. you like Duluth? No. <laughs> no way, right? <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> they're, they're my second favorite team because uh, my, my high school back buddy back. Has, uh, has two national championship rings. He was uh, one of their equipment managers. So. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Oh. So yeah, is it like a funny, so it's like an unfortunate story, but like there was one winter we were, uh, we were out sledding, uh, like on a hill uh, by, behind our middle school and 
um, there was this jump and it had been like, it had like rain at force, like icy. And he went off the jump, got a really bad concussion. It was like his second really bad concussion he used to be a goalie. Um, and basically they said like, yeah, if you get one more really bad concussion, like it could pretty much like ruin your whole life essentially. And from that point on, this was, would have been, I think would have been our freshman year of high school. So right before he would have been in like full-time high school players. And he became our equipment manager for uh, our high school team. Um, and basically ran with that. Uh, we were one of the first high schools to actually have a, believe this or not, I believe we were the second high school to have an active hockey Twitter account um, behind Grand Rapids that he started. So like we're one of the oldest uh, like active high school Twitter accounts for hockey. He became the equipment manager and that basically carried him to Duluth where he did that one, two national championships. So like, he, 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 he turned a, you know, a mole into a mountain uh, with that situation. Nice. It's pretty cool. So Definitely. Uh, happy for my buddy. And now he, now he's got a really good career too. So yeah. Uh, Worked out for the best for him, but uh, yeah, because of that reason, I've I've always the, the Bulldogs my number two team. Basically, I always cheer for them unless they're playing the Mavericks, in which case. So go for like your sixth favorite Minnesota D <laughs> one team. Got it. Uh, they're three. There's like they're three probably because like I'm not, I hate St. Cloud. Yeah. They're garbage yeah. and like Bemidji, they're in our conference. Watch what you say, Sam Jerome will come after you. <laughs> like Bemidji, yeah. Brad Hunt, woo. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, oh man, he was the savior in the first ten games of this season. I mean, like I had to, I had to put the Gophers at three because, like, before I declared Mankato as like my college, like the Gophers were my favorite team. So, like back in like the like the the Blake Wheeler, Alex Goligoski days. Uh, you better fucking say Phil Kessel's name. <laughs> Danny Ehrman was probably one of my favorite Gophers of all time. What about Thomas Fanick? Come on. I, I, if I had to pick one, I'd say my favorite is probably Danny Ehrman. But yeah. You mean Rossi's <laughs> landlord? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, we're running out of time on this recording here, so I'll wrap up with uh, the prospect I'm kind of excited about, and then we'll go into the mailbag here for the last segment. Uh, lengthwise, we're going to turn this into a soda pot of like that hour and 20 just hour gonna, and I was length, just going to say, you bring Isha on. This. If Isha's on, it's going to be a long one. <laughs> when, you, when you've got five people sharing their thoughts instead of three, it's going to take a little longer. But, hey, mm. basically this is like, think of it as we didn't do a show last week, so we just doubled up this week. There we um, go. Uh, yeah, the last player I want to pump up is we talked about him very briefly when talking about juniors, but is uh, Marat Husnadinov, who like seems like he's like people are like yeah we he probably should have been taken earlier, um like he just like just the skill the speed and like just the drive this guy has I think he's gonna be a legit player and like my optimism like continues to increase as to like went from like a third line center to like yeah this guy could be like the number two behind Rossi like they're both kind of undersized but like. The, the IQ and speed of like Rossi and who's in Dinoff, like in five years down the middle is like mm. really exciting to me. So I think he's the another guy. Russian for Kaprizov. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, what do you guys think? Should, uh, should the soda pod do Marat koozies? Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I would 100% buy one of those. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's brilliant. Sign hey. me up. Take all my money right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You hit a gold mine, Hoppy. Let's start making some money finally. Jesus. All right, shit. <laughs> I'll get them for my kids' bottles too. Here, here's a koozie. Hurry up for before Soda's taking the beauty. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be first. <laughs> Soda stick hears this. They're gonna be like, "Huh? No, it's already done." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then everyone will buy one. And we'll find out actually the K is silent. It's who's Nadinov. <laughs> yeah. Which like oh, I might no. be, but I don't. I mean, I'll sell a can, Hoosie. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he? 
All right, time for our final segment before we sign off on uh, Prospect Palooza. Taking a couple listener questions, uh, mostly from our friend Eric Felska. But we do have a couple here from, uh, from other friends of the show, <laughs> uh, starting off with uh, Kaprizov Club, um, asking us, what do you guys think of the, the idea of the Wild signing University of Minnesota standout uh, Brandon McManus after the Gophers win uh, the national championship this year? Uh, a lot to unpack. No, First off, isn't Brandon McManus uh, uh, the kicker for the Denver Broncos? That's not. Let me uh, start off. Yeah. I'll start off by saying <laughs> that we're trying to fight for a three-peat, so that yep. second part is questionable. <laughs> in a row. You're going to have to fight with the blue-collar Bulldogs. Um, but anyways, I, I wouldn't be uh, – I wouldn't mind signing him. I know he's a, a kind of a thick, undersized winger who has, you know, pretty good speed and stick handling. Um. I mean, I wouldn't be against signing him, but uh, I'm against the Goofers winning the national championship. <laughs> I mean, that just won't happen, so. <laughs> I'm a realist. I know, I wrote, I wrote if, if they win. I think he's a solid college player. I don't think he's, like, great. I don't know, four, in his fourth year, he's having a good start. Um, maybe he has a shot to be an NHL player, but I'm not sure the Wild is the best team for him, especially since – he was not like a bona fide top center prospect. He's like a center wing prospect. Mm. Uh, he's a good two-way player in junior, but in the NCAA, I mean, he's been okay. And his shot's just decent from what I've read. One cool side note, uh, Spokane native, grew up playing with and skating with the Yamamoto's and actually Kaylee's mothers who, who taught him how to skate. So if he can skate as well as him cool. based on that development, then maybe he makes the NHL. Thanks, Pierre. Um, I don't know. I think the right answer here is maybe like, wait and see what happens. This is the first year he's been on a competitive team. Let's be yeah. real. Like the Gophers are an actual competitive team this year and they haven't been in recent years and he's four games in and he's looked good, but let's see how he does throughout the rest of this year being one of the leaders for a competitive team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess yeah. like where it's at for me is like, Yes, depending on where you see him. Like, if, if you see him as a bottom six guy, I don't think it makes sense. Like, that 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 part of the lineup is already completely jam-packed. So, like, unless you're bringing him on as, like, an, as an AHL guy to start with maybe an NHL future, like, three years down the road. But to me, I, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense. Like, I think mm-hmm. they have. He's not a top center on the wild. Does so anyone think that he's actually cracking the lineup this year? Because I don't. I no, think he not, could not, eventually. not this year, but, like, I mean, looking forward, I mean, even if you're, like, you're Greenway, if you extend Felino, like, and then depending on, like, I don't know what Garen's strategy is for the fourth line, if it's going to be, like, hey, we're going to, you know, give this spot to, you know, a young guy or two each year if it's, we're going to fill it with, you know, veterans or, you know, Nico Sturm's probably the center on that line for the future, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he deserves that. That's where I would put him. I guess the only thing that makes me somewhat willing to do it is he's a right shot, which we know the Wild could use significantly more <laughs> of, but I don't think that's enough of a reason. So, like, I guess I don't really – I don't see the fit right now, but, like, yeah, I, I think, like uh, – I don't know. I remember who said it. We got four people talking, but, like, just wait and see. I think, Hoppy, you do just kind of wait and see what happens. Well, I think he's uh, an NHL player. I just don't think he's a wild NHL player. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably a fair assessment. All right, uh, moving on here to uh, Nick Lane before we get into the uh, to the other questions here. Um, <laughs> you we should, love I you, can, Derek. <laughs> you should, I can remember your, your exact one. I think called this like a loaded barrel or something, but uh, Nick Lane asked, which prospect will have the best career? Well, uh, Ishaq, yeah, you can go first here. Well, I mean, I, I'm guessing he's talking about Rossi, Kaprizov, and honestly, like, because Kaprizov and Fiala are pretty much the same age, I just threw Fiala into there as well. I know he's not a prospect. He's a seasoned NHL player. Mm-hmm. 
and out of those three, because I think those think those three are the big three that Minnesota Wild fans, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, are kind of seeing as like the future of this team. I mean, Hoppy obviously thinks you know the Pittsburgh prospects probably deserves to be up there, but that's okay. Um, I, I honestly think Fiala is going to be and is the most talented player out of those three, and I think he is going to be the the guy, barring, of course, and everyone says this, a major injury. I think he's going to be the face and the most talented player on this team moving forward. Do you guys see what I deal with on a daily basis? <laughs> who, is, who is the most promising prospect? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go with Kevin Fiala, the current no. best player oh, on the I, team. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying you, can't, you can't project guys who we just we did a whole show about talking about these guys. He, he gave his reasoning, though. He said because yeah. he's, like, he's pretty much the same age as Kaprizov. Here's why I'm accusing him. I, and and okay B, none of us none of us are scouts here, Hoppy. We just gave mm. our opinion. Instead of put it this way, instead of repeating ourselves again because we just did that whole segment, I thought it adds something a little different. Can I go with Zach Parisi? <laughs> I was I was about to make the same comment. Thank you, man. That's too far there. That's not even funny. So if Victor Rask hadn't cut a tendon in his hand, he's twenty seven, I believe, right? <laughs> I mean, that's about the same gap from him to Kaprizov. Oh, shit, that's an even shorter gap from him to Kaprizov as it is from Kaprizov down to Rossi. So, I think that's it's okay. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. See what I have to deal with? <laughs> I don't understand how you were right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's kick it over to uh, Zeke. We'll give you a chance here. Uh, who, who do you think has the best uh, career? Well, out of the – Two, uh, we're going prospects here. Uh, I'll Ross. <laughs> I guess let's go there. <laughs> Depending on how you're going, but I, I don't know. I think if you're going just point wise, I would probably go Rossi because he's maybe the guy feeding the puck, but I think they're fairly similar, like in terms of their level. I don't know. I'll joking. I'll joking aside. I'll joking aside. I think I'd have to go with Rossi too, just because of his age. Mm. Yep. He's only 19 years old, and you know, first Kaprizov is 23, so you know he's got four years on him. And if he can crack the lineup this year, if not this year, next year, I mean, he's starting off at 19, 20 years old. So, yeah, I'm gonna stay true to my roots that a that a number one center will always hold more value than a top line winger. It's the same reason I had Byfield over Lafreniere in my draft rankings because I just think centers tend to deliver more value. Like if you were to say, hey, who would you rather have, Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin? Like nine, uh, 2004, uh, Malkin or Ovechkin? Absolutely Malkin. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, uh, let's see. OB all the way, baby. Let's go. What's another one I could do here? Uh, <laughs> Matthews or Panarin? More people are probably going to say Matthews because he's the center. Like, Daniel or Henrik Sedin? I also think Matthews is better. Right. But, like, like my, my point is, is, like, typically, like, no matter who you ask, even, like, the dumbest of hockey fans realize, like, the value in a number one center because they're so hard to find – like a, a top six winger can be a top line winger. A number two center cannot be a number one center in my mind. So I, and I think like not, this isn't to say like, I think Rossi necessarily has scored more points. He, he probably will, but he might not. But I think the value he will deliver to the wild. And if he ever plays for someone else or not, I think will be more than, than what Kaprizov brings. And, and that's mm-hmm. the same reason I thought Byfield would be better. It's the same reason, like, I think, you know, Hughes will be better than Kak over time. Like all, all that, like yeah. I will never change that opinion until like something makes me change it. So. No one bit on the Daniel and Henrik Sedin. I guess that one's a little outlier. I don't know which one is the center to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I Henrik. think it was Daniel, but I don't remember. No, it was Henrik. <laughs> Daniel was the winger. See, I, I don't, I just, I'll, I'll take they either. Still, of them. They still don't get any love. He, here's the thing. I won't take one of them if I don't get the other. 
So <laughs> just like Burke. <laughs> hey, he was a hell of a move. That was his book's out now. I can't wait to actually read that. All right. So let's see here. All right, now we'll get into uh, the Derek Fauska Q&A. Thanks, Derek, we joke about it, but thank you so much. You always give, I, I know our show, yeah. uh, lots of questions, and I think you deliver uh, equal, uh, equal to the soda pot and, uh, you know, the, the, the wild. Uh, he pot. just retweets our stuff. Everything. He doesn't actually send us any questions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we also don't ask, so. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so uh, a little more prospect talk here. I've actually three guys we surprisingly haven't talked about yet. Uh, he says, with major junior hockey mostly on hold with more seasoned college prospects, prospects like Sam Henkis of St. Cloud, uh, Nick Sweeney, and Philip Lindbergh, which one has the best shot at earning a pro contract and playing in Iowa or the big club? I'll answer that one first, oh, if you guys don't mind. I think it's going to be, you know, Philip Lindbergh. I mean, he's had limited starts in his uh, freshman and sophomore year, but he continues to have, like, I mean – he had a rough start against BC this year, of course, but his his goals against average has been under two, and his save percentage has been above ninety two percent in both years. And I just I, I just think that he could eventually slide in at goalie in Iowa at the very least, and and maybe a backup role or maybe even a starting role when Kakinen does whatever he does, and especially with um, I'm drawing a blank. Who did we just the golfer's goalie? Robson. Robson, yeah. I mean, we we let him go, so I I feel like he he would have the best shot of the three. I mean, Henches, he's a good quick center. He's looked really good so far this season, but you know he's got the injury history. And then Swainy, he's constantly in the first line role, first power play. He's you know championship cred, and but he's a little bit older, so you know I'll stick with the the, the Lindbergh. Well, actually. I'm on a little bit of a different angle. I think because Lindbergh and Sweeney, I believe they're they're close. Aren't they around the same age? Aren't they both like 23? Or is, is Lindbergh a little? Yeah, they're Lindbergh's they're 21. Lindbergh's okay, 21. 21. So I, I think Lindbergh, honestly, it doesn't really matter. He could go pro or he could stay in the NCAA. He just needs to play in a competitive league next season. And I think that honestly, I think it probably doesn't better to go to Liga than the AHL right now, just because you said it. He's still super young. Uh, Nick Sweeney, the oldest out of the bunch, he probably, to answer the question, probably has the best chance of signing a pro deal. But I think uh, uh, Sam Hentit, Hentage, is that how you say his name? I think it's Hentis. Hentis. Okay, he's the most talented out of the three, no doubt, in my opinion. And I think long-term, he'll be the better player. But because he's only 21 and only two years in the NCAA, like, he still has a longer road to go. Yeah. I mean, he is also the center of the group. Mm-hmm. That's true. Hey, there That's you true. go. The I most went. value. I went uh, Lindbergh, Henches, just because goalie center, and those are kind of our biggest <laughs> biggest yeah. needs. <laughs> yeah, and I'm on Henches, too. I think, uh, you know, especially when I've been reading uh, Corey Promen and Athletic, his kind of rankings and articles and all that, he's been pretty high on him. And from what I've seen, you know, like I said, he's a fast skater, and, you know, Wild can never have too many centers. So I'm looking forward to how he does. Yeah, and I believe Henkes, I believe, was a – I think he was a seventh-round pick. Yeah, it's like 205th yeah. or something. All, like, three, all three of these players are seventh-rounders. Yeah, so, like, realistically, if, if any of them even crack an Iowa lineup, that's, like – that's pretty good value for a seventh-rounder to mm-hmm. even get, like, an AHL player. Because a lot of times those yeah. guys just kind of fizzle and become nothing. Um, like, I, I guess, like, the part of this question to me is a little confusing is, like, is it a best shot, like, who does it first or, like, who plays the biggest mm-hmm. role long-term? I think f- – for who it happens to first, I, I'd probably go Sweeney. I think there's 
probably a spot for him on, yeah. the, on the Iowa blue line. Um, I don't think – I don't know if Lindbergh has, like, the NHL upside, but, like, I think maybe, like, a very Robson-type goalie of, like, you know, kind of an AHL starter. Um, I think he say. plays in Liga first, though, no? Like, yeah. He's got one more year of college, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he does. He wants, yeah. But I, th- I think I, I, I concur with most of you that I think if, if we're talking the NHL lineup, I think I, I'll, I'll put on my name, Hank, yeah. who I'm, I've been higher on than most, too. I think uh, in my personal prospect rankings of the Wild, I have Henkis. Um, I think he just – yeah, he just missed my my top 10. He's at number 12 uh, behind Novak and first off. So, like, I have him kind of right on that top 10 bubble. Um, I kind of see him as, like, maybe maybe like a like a third-line player at his peak if, 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 if he cracks the lineup. So, yeah, I'll probably go Henkis there as well. All right, our next question from Derek. Um, I think we kind of touched on this one, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go with it anyway here. Uh, Alexander Hovanov has had a rough start to his professional career, uh, referring to his start in the KHL. Uh, what is his biggest hurdle to his development as you see it? Is it his attitude, not being used to playing at a faster pace, uh, or his nutrition? Well, I think it's pretty much attitude because, I mean, we've seen him demonstrate his talent in the QMJHL at the World Junior Championships and now even in the VHL over in Russia in their second league. So, you know, I I don't think it's a talent or anything issue. I, I mean, like we talked about earlier a lot, you know, it's it's just an attitude thing, I think. You know what? I, I honestly think, though, it's like I think he wants to play, and I think it's maybe yeah, it's a little bit of an attitude, but I don't think it's a, like I'm, I'm here to be mm-hmm. a shit disturber. I think it's just like yeah. the coach is like, you step, you know, stay in your lane. He's like, no, I'm talented. I want these minutes. And that's from what I've heard anyways. That's mm-hmm. where it's that's where they're butting heads. Like, I don't like I don't think he has like any character issues because from what from the people I've talked to in the QMJHL, he's actually was fine to deal with. You know, he he needed a little bit of adjusting. And, yeah. and like Brett's like and Brett said earlier, sounded like he liked him a lot, too. Like he said, he's an awesome kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, this is what I have noted here. I mean, maybe outside of like some crazy Siberian porn that he like charged to his billet's credit card. <laughs> You know, the normal teenager shit, I, I don't know. May, that, that's as far maybe that I'd go as, as far as like a character mm-hmm. judge. I think that's that true. he, again, just needs to be in North America. Like that team, that setting is not where this kid needs to be right now. I think being on the VHL too hurts him. Like he is yes. not getting the good Russian gas like Kaprizov was. <laughs> like they reserve that shit for the KHL. If that guy's up at the big squad, he's for sure buzzing right now. So, I, mm. I don't know. I think it's kind of bullshit. Needle right to the ass. Let's go. <laughs> this is a tough one for me. I think, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think attitude's the right word for me. I think coachability is kind of the word I'm looking for. I think, like, he needs to be more self-aware of, like, of, of his scenario and be like, hey, you know, if you're going to play in a pro team, you're going to have, even if you are skilled, you have to start down the lineup, work your way up. I mean, look at Nico Sturm last year. I think on Iowa, I mean, he's not the most talented player. They started him kind of on a, on a third line role, I think, to kind of get his feet wet. And he worked his way up, I believe, eventually the top line center. Like you have to earn your way up. Like obviously, unless you're, you know, a, a Marco Rossi and you have the wild center depth, you have to earn your spot on the team. Like, and I, like I think he needs to realize that in his head first. Like, hey, I have the talent. Go out and prove it. Don't mope mm-hmm. that you're playing on the fourth line. Prove why you should be playing on the third line, the second line, the first line, and be coachable in that sense. And like, hey, no matter where you're playing, just just prove why you deserve to be yeah. playing more minutes. Oh man, I hope he pans out because watching him, it was just like, oh, he just dominated that league. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. I mean, it wasn't the WHL, but I know that's that, and, and I'm still giving him praise. I mean, that should say something, right? <laughs> I I think the biggest thing with him is I think Wild fans need need to be patient with him. I don't think he's gonna. 
it might be later rather than sooner for him, but I think when he does come, I think the wait will be worth it. So, mm. Like Kaprizov. <laughs> I was going to say, did you say that two years ago about Kaprizov? <laughs> Probably did. But, hey, the wait's still going to be worth it no matter what. So it still won't be hey, wrong. sold out CoolHockey.com jerseys with, them, with my promo code in, in two hours. That's they where I go. Oh, man. All right, I'll have to do a little bit of research. So I'll throw some to you guys first because I didn't read all these questions before, but I'll have to look into this quick. Um, Check out. I got like two whole pages. Of <laughs> so, we're going, so we're going to Isha first here. Uh, she goes last. <laughs> beyond players selected in the first round, what Minnesota Wild prospect throughout its history was the one that made you wonder what in the hell were they thinking? Beyond the first uh, round is key because like now, well, even the first round alone would have made interesting discussion, but uh, – Hoppy, you can go first here. Well, no, important caveat. I'll let Isha go first because he's got a ton of notes. But are we saying in hindsight or at the time? Because that makes a big difference. Either or, I think. Just, just I got both. I'd say I so. got both here, and it plays into the storyline of how much I think the West. You're probably going to take mine, so go for it. Uh, I, I, I may be mispronouncing his name, but that's nothing new here. Uh, Rafael mm. Bussieris. Oh, yeah. Forty-sixth mm. overall in 2012. If look. This guy, he was drafted coming out of the QMJHL. He wasn't even – he was barely point per game. Barely point per game to be drafted in the second round in the NHL coming out of the Q. Get the hell out of here. If you're, just, if you're just shy of a point per game and even as a power forward, look, even if you're a right-hand shot, you only can get picked that high if you have those stats and that pedigree coming out of the WHL. Let's be perfectly honest here. I think if, you, if he was taken that high uh, coming out of the Q, that, that's a complete oversight there. There you go. I kept it concise. <laughs> uh, Zeke or Justin, love when you guys. Oh, have yeah, one. well, I guess I kind of guy I got here uh, was selected in the first round in 2016, I believe, by the name of Braden Cheeson, who is is six nine two oh nine, but at the year he was drafted, two points, forty five games. <laughs> Next year, ten points, sixty five games. Next year, nineteen points, sixty one games. Now again, that's a seventh round pick, but. Uh, I, you know, I remember doing research on this guy going, you know, there was no one had him on the draft really radar. And I've never been a fan of drafting guys just because they're big. I mean, I don't know, man. Six, nine. That's impressive. Well, yeah. But that's a really nice height. It's a good seven, dart throw in the seventh round. In the round. seventh round? I mean, <laughs> shit. Bugard know, couldn't I'm even skate in the dub and, you know, you guys lucked out with him. So, <laughs> which by the way, uh, Bussieris He's still playing in the fucking LNAH, just fighting as a sideshow circus figure in Quebec. So there you go. Congratulations, Minnesota Wild. Oh, I forgot one. Okay. All right. I, I, I have mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go ahead. So I'll, I'll, go. I'll go with um, a hashtag one of us, uh, Mario Lucia. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> who I think was very much like he lit like high school on fire. Um, mm-hmm. with, with, uh, Weissata, you know, son of Don Lucia, like this Minnesota icon. So, and like, he was kind of this projected, like, like second, thirdish round guy. And I think mm-hmm. it was kind of like a Homer pick and there were probably, I didn't look at who went after him or whatever, but like, he really never panned out. Um, had a little, little, uh, sting with Iowa looks like, uh, 84 games, Iowa 23 with, on um, the Binghamton Devils and hasn't played professional hockey since uh in air in the hasn't played north america since 2018 um has played it in norway and denmark um as of late so mm-hmm. talk about a second round bust 
Yeah. Um, I would say Mario Lucci is right top of that list. But, I mean, I guess kind of the piece of there, I mean, he was pretty successful in, you know, the NCAA. He was part of the World Junior team where he put up a point in seven games. But I just – I think this, a second-round pick was probably a little bit too much there. Mm-hmm. No, he's not making five grand uh, a year in the LNAH, so there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'll, I'll figure out what league he's playing in because this team isn't even, like – Elite prospects that you can have a link to the team on, on his bio. So, great. Has anyone not given a, a player yet? I haven't. And this one, like, I, I usually don't like when people say, like, oh, look who was drafted after. But let's go on a little journey here back to 2014 when the Minnesota Wild actually traded back one spot. And ended up taking a guy, you know, who could turn out to be an okay NHLer, Louis Belpedio. He could be a great guy, but holy shit, man! I've been on the wagon since he entered the league with the Lightning. You traded back one spot and let the Lightning take Braden Point, who is a top ten center in the league, zero questions asked. I would trade anything. I'm not joking, anything for him right now. Oh, I think holy everyone shit. in their mind would, but Tampa Bay's like, lol. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Hey man, people got mad at me. I said that I would trade Kaprizov and Dumba, and like people are like, "Are you oh, kidding yeah. me?" That's no, the future. I'm like, why would you not? Yeah. I would do Kaprizov, Dumba, a first, and probably something else. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, We're all friends then. We got like, no problems. Like you're talking about a like a 90 point legit number one center. Like those don't grow on trees, and those generally don't come in under six foot. But look at the guy. Hey. <laughs> Hashtag 2020, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I'm not prepared for this question. I wasn't so there I, I'm just going to kind of cop out. But there is one player in this past draft that I kind of wish we drafted that we kind of talked about in the past show. Um, of course, he went to the Blackhawks, and of course, he's a Bulldog. But uh, Wyatt Kaiser, he has looked really good <laughs> in the first two games for the Bulldogs. Yes. Like he, he does not look like a freshman. Mm-hmm. Like, he just looks so calm and collected out there. And just, you know, I, I kind of wish we drafted him. But, yeah, I'm not overall prepared for this question. Didn't he, like, throw a kind of a half-sarcastic jab at the Wild at the draft? He's, like, said something like, oh, they let me down again or something like that. Something along the lines <laughs> yeah, of that. Something. Like, uh, yeah. I like him already. Like yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a fair comment. <laughs> yeah. And I've always wondered, like, if I had been, like, you know, good enough to mm-hmm. get into like the NHL draft. If I would have been drafted by Chicago, how would I have felt about that? Like, <laughs> like, like, especially like at the time I would have been drafted. So I was a 2014 graduate, right? So like mm-hmm. my, my draft would have been like 2014. Yeah, that sounds awful. Which is like right in the middle of the wild, just getting murdered by Chicago in the playoffs every year. Like, yep. like I think the long story short is it would have been, you know, you, your dream comes true. You're drafting the NHL. Like that's your mm-hmm. dream true. But like, it'd been like, just like this little bit of like, take a little bit out of this you got drafted by like your most hated team but. dude see hey, i would have been okay good. my draft year would have been 08 and that's like right before everyone started to hate them that's when they're like right on the rise but no one took yeah. them super seriously yet and holy shit man i dude, I, my hatred for the blackhawks is outrageous <laughs> like i went to a school st mary's down in winona that's like 50 percent chicago based and just the fact that i knew more than one person who thought the captain's name was toes Oh God! The epitome of why I fucking hate that franchise. 
<laughs> and, then, and then they'll tell you, oh, they're one of the best fan bases in hockey. And it's like, oh, no, no. And they, they told me they were lifelong fans, too, of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah out of here. See, look, if, if I would have been drafted, if I would have played – if I would have played high school hockey and everything been good outside of Bantams, <laughs> I would have been drafted with Sidney Crosby. So, All right. uh, update on Meyer Lucia. I wouldn't even made my high school team, by the way. So I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> like I, I might not have either. They have high school teams up there. <laughs> I, even if they did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make them. <laughs> they have prep school high school hockey now, and, and that, it sucks because that's where now the WHL are drafting from so now these younger players who don't come from like family of a ton of money they're not getting their shot uh in the uh in the the dub draft so it kind of sucks and that's the story of why isha was not drafted into the dub (laughs) (laughs) i'm canadian so i can skate but i could not even play that great of organized talk i'm 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 getting there but no so disorganized Uh, hockey yeah. Mario Lucia <laughs> plays in the Champions Hockey League, which is like a European professional league. So. No, actually, no. The, the Champions League, it's it's exactly like soccer. It's the best. Uh, it's the best teams from their respected like European league play in mm-hmm. another league called the Champions League. Okay. So he he belongs to some European league. He must. Yeah. He plays for the Rungsted Sire Capital, which is in like Denmark. So. Hey, well, oh. if he plays for the Champions League, that's legit. That means they won the league. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So his team's yeah. decent, I guess. So. Yeah. All right. There you go. Let's see here. Uh, that might be it, unless there's any. I think that is. Those are the only sure ones that I it. took note. Those are the ones she doesn't I have any more notes, so we must be done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're all out of. Let's see if I have any in my personal I'm, I'm out of beer and I'm out of notes, guys. <laughs> um, Which, by the way, Hoppy, this turned out to be the IPA Trail Hopper. So there you go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't see any more in there, so I think that'll do it for the mailbag. And I think we're uh, well over our time limit here. But uh, this is pushing over soda pod time too. I think. <laughs> hey, we're we're trying. Maybe we'll just leg it out to try to be. Well, different. Isha, it's almost midnight for you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so backstory: I when I uh, message Isha and Hoppy about this, I'm like, Isha, I know uh, you know 8 p.m. Central Time is a little late for you. That's like 10 p.m. your time. Because I'm thinking like, oh. When we play out west, it's 10 p.m. here, but it's 6 p.m. there. So just a total brain fart of my – so I don't think I'll ever live that one down of it being two hours later in the west. We've coast. both said dumber things. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, Brent. That's the backstory of that joke there. But, uh, we are coming up, I think, probably on, yeah, 10 o'clock actually in the central time, So, um, which is like middle of the day for me at this point. My sleep schedule is so messed up. Yeah. Right now, that's what it is. I just want to thank uh, Hoppy and Isha for coming on the show today. I think hopefully we got some really good prospect talk. I think this is the most we've as much prospect talk as you. I think this is the most in-depth we've gone on, on players, uh, you know, draft, draft excluded. Um, But uh, anything, (laughs) Well, we're we're glad you have a jump on. Uh, Thanks for the research as well, Isha. It looks like you really uh, put your heart and soul into preparing. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate that as well. (laughs) Uh, Anything you guys want to plug, uh, anything going on at the hockey pod, at the soda pod, um, malt madness anything feel free to uh to, to tell listeners a little more about well that. just check us out at the soda pod we uh we have two episodes that drop every week you can download them monday and thursday if you want to join us on the live stream uh 7 30 p.m central time uh every sunday and wednesday 
Uh, you can check us out on, we, we stream the, on all platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch all at the same time. So whatever social media or, uh, or preferred way of tuning in you want to, uh, you can jump on any of those. And at the Hockey Podcast Network, look, if, you, if you're a hockey fan, if you're more than just a Minnesota fan, we have everything for you. We have a, uh, pod, like a, a podcast and in some markets, a couple podcasts covering every team in the National Hockey League, plus some of our more boutique original content. And like I said, we just signed a new one uh, that's more um, manager and uh, president-based, uh, where we have a great host who just covers the management side of hockey, junior hockey, and just professional hockey worldwide. So stay tuned for that. And you can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media at HockeyPodNet. Seriously, do it. You won't regret it. Hoppy, anything mm-hmm. you have to plug? I mean, Isha forgot to mention Malt Madness. We're in the Fermented Four, folks. It's a pretty big deal. You can still get gift cards even if you haven't shared up to this point. So please do. Definitely vote. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all the excitement we have going on. And follow him at State of Hoppy. All right. Uh, looking forward to the finale there of Malt Madness. It's, I think it's been fun for everyone that's been following along and having to agonize picking some breweries over the others. But uh, I was going to say, time. give it to us, man. We don't care. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, like not in a bad way, but like, it, like it's been good. It's like, oh, man, like I like beers in both these places. How do I pick just one? It's really having to like teeny, <laughs> mini, money mo it kind of. But, uh, you know, not too late to get in your votes for the fermented for there. Uh, I know I've been retweeting them as well. So if you can't, if you uh, look on my profile, otherwise uh, at the soda pod, we'll, uh, we'll, you'll be able to find those as well. Uh, Justin, uh, anything you have to plug over at the prospects page or Capersoft countdown? Uh, nope. I mean, we're just kind of waiting on a start date so I can start a countdown to his for Caprizov's first game and then just kind of continuing to keep up with the prospects at the uh, wild prospects and young players, just kind of grinding along right now. And Zeke, anything for you to plug with, uh, your, uh, your mini hats? Uh, uh, nothing, just, you know, usual writing over at Hockey Wilderness and, uh, for Locked on Wild next week, even though I have no idea when the season's going to start, uh, kind of looking for content. So I'm going to start doing player season previews. So, uh, sure to check that out if you need any more, uh, podcasts to listen to. All right. Plenty of wild content to go through, um, as well. Uh, sound the popcorn, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, Instagram, we do lots of analytical breakdowns, uh, funny memes on our stories, things like that. Um, sharing good news um, about our players from other hockey accounts uh, on our stories all the time. So be sure to check that out. Uh, there are links in our bios on both uh, Twitter and Instagram too, to the uh, uh, some various uh, like analytical tools that you can do, uh, you do roster generators, you can do EAA player ratings, whole bunch of fun stuff there. So that's all free to check out and in uh, uh, those links in those bios there as well. Uh, as always, you can find me uh, on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. And before we sign off, everywhere, uh, where, where can we find you uh, on the socials? You can find me at, at DAST2004. You can find me at Kaprizov C with Kaprizov Countdown. And you can find me at MNW Prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players. Zeke? Uh, you can find me on Twitter for my personal account at ZBWildNation underscore HW. And then obviously you can find uh, the Lockdown Wild Twitter account at Lockdown Wild. Hoppy. You can find me at State of Hoppy on both Twitter and Instagram, although I don't really do anything on the Instagram page. So take that for what it is. And last but certainly not least, Isha. 
my personal account's at VI Sports Talk. Yes, if there's a baby with a cigarette in its mouth, that is me. Um, and also check out the new network that uh, myself and Dylan are launching with Maze Media on the side at HoopsPodNet. If you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, we got a great, great podcast coming for you Janu- in January. The Basketball Podcast Network will officially, officially launch. So if you're also a Hoops fan, go check us out there at HoopsPodNet. If you follow, tag two friends and retweet the post, you have a chance to win a brand new Timberwolves jersey. So go check that out. Sounds worth it if you are a T-Wolves fan. That'll do it for our long show today. Thanks again to Ishan Hoppy for jumping on. Hope you guys enjoyed Prospect Palooza. Uh, we've got a slew of guests that we're hoping to get on the show here in the coming weeks, uh, including maybe someone to talk us, a little analytics uh, to give you that side of hockey as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, otherwise, this has been another episode of Sound of Hockey.